Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Hello and welcome back. Hello. <laughs> How are we? It's good to be back. Mm-hmm. How's your week been, everybody? Oh, you know, uh... it's just been, well, we had an earthquake. That was exciting. <laughs> I know. We did have yeah. an earthquake. My God, the walls rocked. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole bungalow shook. I stood up and had to hold the booze cabinet. Where were you when it was yeah. happening? I mean, I guess you're at home seeing as though you're in lockdown, but like was it in the shower or in bed or? Right here yeah. where I'm sitting Working right now. Working away. Yep. I was on the phone to IT and yeah. um, I thought the dog was scratching or something and, you know, creating a shake and then I thought, no, that's a bit more than that. And then I jumped up because I've got this hutch next to me which has got all this glassware and all this booze <gasps> on it. And I did what you're not supposed to do in an earthquake. Tried to hold it And up. I held the hutch. Yeah, I was like holding that to stop it, everything falling off. Uh, and I had my phone wedged into my shoulder because I was talking to a guy from IT and, and he's going, what's happening? What's happening? I was like, it's fine. It's just a tremor. It's okay. We're going to be okay. I'm protecting the booze. I was protecting the booze. That was <laughs> my, my most important thing. And I'm looking around thinking, what else can happen? And I... Um, a large uh, Toblerone fell off the fridge <gasps> and when Tony rang me and I said, oh, Toblerone fell off the ri- fridge. Don't worry, I've already called the insurance company. It's going to be fine. <laughs> fell off the fridge and into your mouth? That's... No, just onto the floor. <laughs> I I, did, I couldn't catch that at the same time as I was holding all the booze up. That's quite so, funny. You know, whenever they, there's a big storm, you know, forecast and it comes through and it's never what it's supposed to be, so it's supposed to be, and you always see the the meme where it's uh, the white plastic outdoor setting furniture and, like, one chair's fallen over. <laughs> it's sort of like similar yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, we had that. Yeah, now we, the, we the had, Toblerone's um, fallen off the top of the fridge. <laughs> well, we I saw the exact <laughs> yeah. same meme, which was, you know, Victoria, we will rebuild, and yeah, it's the it. plastic that's lawn furniture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, look, no, it made a nice change from listening to our numbers in COVID going up and up and up and everyone being all doom and gloom. So I suppose it was um, something else to happen, you know, yes, you in terms of the end of days. Exactly. In terms of all the end of days activity, we've got the mice <laughs> plague in New South Wales, we've got an earthquake, we had the fires last year, we've got a pandemic uh, and we've got rioters in the streets. It's awesome. Goodness me, you don't want the frogs falling from the sky. Um, did well, you guys wouldn't watch surprise the, me. the grand final that Perth wow. was able to host because you were not allowed to do it in Victoria? Uh, no, I didn't because I have no interest in football. I have no interest in football either, but I live in Perth, so I don't have a choice because everyone here, <laughs> they're footy mad. They're crazy for it over here too. I, uh, yes. I watched it till half time and then... Realised I just didn't have a passion for either side, so I went to bed. <laughs> Not mm. even that boy with the long mullet? Bailey Smith, especially, is it? Especially that boy with the long mullet. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, my nephew, who is uh, 19, we were at their house once and he's into AFL, so he was watching a match and I said, 
and I was saying something about this guy's hair. He goes, oh, no, all the young people love him. And I went, what, with that hair? He's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with my hair. I, and it's one of those things where you just don't realise it's come full circle and having a mullet is like this crowning glory. And he has more followers on Instagram than 17 of the 18 AFL football clubs. Clubs, wow. yeah. And I think it's because of that mullet. Mm. I'm out of touch. Yeah, happily out of oh, touch. Oh, well, look, you know, I yeah. wasn't a fan of all the Ned Kelly beards. Uh, you know, I hate a mullet. Um, Hipster beards, all, yeah. Basically, all the things you just described is part of the reason I've no interest in football because uh, it seems to be a platform for Ned Kelly beards and stupid mullets. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm glad. I'm glad. I have a feeling we may have lost Clarky. Can yeah, you hear Karen, us, Clarky? I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm glad that you've turned off to football because you're not happy with the fashion side of it. I think you've nailed what it's all about. Well, I've never understood what it's all about. So you're probably right, um, because it's just not my cup of tea. Now, if they were getting on the ground every week and doing a really good musical, I'd be all for it. But it's just not my yeah. art form. You know, True. if they were getting and doing a little song and dance and some jazz hands, I'd be all over it. <laughs> now, Paul, yes. what are you drinking today? Well, we're having a uh, lovely Oak Ridge over-the-shoulder Chardonnay, a bit like over-the-shoulder boulder holder from the story we were talking about last week from Beaches. But, um, yeah, it's quite nice. It's from the Yarra Valley. Uh, I, I'm a fan of... Uh, um, an oaked and really buttery Chardonnay. This one isn't super buttery, but it's quite nice. So, yeah, happy to enjoy it with you all. And what are you having? Well, I've started today with a little bit of pirate juice um, or bogan juice, depending on how you see it. A little oh. bit of Captain Morgan's spiced rum in a <laughs> oh, uh, Diet Coke. Har, <laughs> me buccaneers. Deirdre <laughs> Chambers, what no. a coincidence because look what I have. Bit of a visual gag, unfortunately, but this week this arrived at my front door. It is a what bottle a of your finest Grunter's, it says Grunter's Original, I'm not sure there were other variants, but Grunter's Original Wipeout Coconut Liqueur. So Delicious. a delivery man came to our front door, buzzed the buzzer, and my husband and I walked out, <laughs> and he was standing there with just the bottle, and we all just paused. He was uncomfortable. We were uncomfortable. No what to do. And then I went, oh, realised what it was. My darling Schmitty has sent me back 30 years to first year uni, 1991, and oh. gifted me a bottle of Grunter's Wipeout, which is said to be served best with cola, pineapple, or milk. I would have liked to have it over ice, but today I'm going to crack open a bottle of, oh, sorry, a can of Diet Coke and have a Diet Coke and grunters. So let's see how it goes. Mm, yum, yum, yum. I know I've had a Malibu before, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I don't have to try the grunters either. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I'm, having just had my first sip, I think, yeah, it takes you back quite quickly. If you've been there before, you're back there again. Look, I, I'm very partial to rum and Coke. <laughs> It's the coconut bit I'm not sure about, yeah. I don't know. I I've, I really like coconut and I think I quite like rum, but this is really just, uh, yeah, Sugar? very basic. I don't know what it is. 
Well, that's, at the moment, it's, I probably had about 500 to start with 30 years ago, and I think that I'm I'm probably done. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to make a comeback. It's very, oh, I don't know, coconutty. Tastes like. All right. Well, well, I was just going to say, if you just leave the bottle there, one day Paul and I will visit you in Perth and we can all have a grunter's. Oh, don't worry. It's going to stay it without in our sort of liqueur cabinet because it's a great talking piece, isn't it? I had it with Jeremy's like expensive whiskies and stuff. So I saw <laughs> I took that. photos and sent it through to Caroline with I the cut that. crystal, you know, decanter and whatever else going, oh, I might have a grunters on ice. I enjoyed um, that I, with the bottles good. of Verve and Bollinger and that around <laughs> it. And she had a bo- the, bo- the bottle of grunters front and centre. I, I appreciated that. <laughs> I'm pleased. I thought you might. I did it straight away when it arrived. Couldn't believe you'd done it. Well done, Schmitty. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I think, am I back? Yeah, you are. You are now. Yeah, okay. I just said even the bottle looks like a really shit holiday. <laughs> Sorry, that was very good. <laughs> that might explain. It looks he just like... got nothing. Oh, that's funny because he got nothing from either of us on that and that's when he was like, oh, I think my internet must have dropped out because that was a great that's when I knew my internet had died. I thought that was good. It looks like one of those holidays where you pay for everything in advance and all the meals are included. And this is the kind of thing, yes. and you get there and they say, all oh, the alcohol's included, and you get there and it's all the substitutes. It's like, here, this is yeah. not quite Malibu. And <laughs> that's exactly And right. some kid gets diarrhea in the pool <laughs> yeah. and, you know, just, oh, you just want to go at, in the first two hours. Yes. Oh, it does yes. look like a shit holiday in a bottle. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well done. Great, great. All right. Oh. So... On that note, shall we introduce ourselves? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are... Trial Wine. <laughs> That's awesome. We are good. Okay, so do we have a story this week? And if so, who's telling it? Do I have a story for you? Goodness me. <laughs> um... Oh, this one, like I know we talk about inappropriate content and drunken ramblings. I can promise you this has uh, inappropriate content. Uh, it's quite gruesome, actually. So um, if anyone's really anti-gruesome, I'll tell you uh, at what point you should just switch off. But you should definitely listen for now. And there will be drunken ramblings because I've nearly finished my glass of wine already, which is... Um, we're braced for impact. Yeah. Great, great. I can't share with you the headline that uh, got me hooked on this story because it would give it away and nobody wants that just yet. Now, I'm not sure if either of you have heard of Catherine Mary Knight. No, She was I born on the 24th so. of October 1955. She's the first sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. And I think today we should just explore exactly why that is. What do you think? I'm up for that. Yeah. So um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory because, you know, we all like a backstory. Oh, but before we get on to that, I actually was really quite lucky because I did a bit of research and I was flicking across a number of websites and then I came across Wikipedia, which had a beautiful um, outline of the whole story. So I feel like my research is a little bit not research. It's just, you know, like when you see the um, vaccine research and there's people in the lab and then you see the anti-vaxxer research and it's someone sitting on the toilet looking on their phone. This is probably a little bit more on the anti-vaxxer scale. 
Okay. Got it. So um, her mother, Barbara Ruffin, was in the Hunter Valley. Barbara and Jack had four sons before Barbara began <laughs> an adulterous relationship with Ken Knight, a friend and co-worker of her Knight. husband. <laughs> yeah, or possibly even um, Deirdre Chambers style. Who knows? What a coincidence. <clears throat> What a coincidence. So, of course, small country town, uh, local backlash forced Barbara and Ken to leave Aberdeen and move to Moree, which is a, another town in New South Wales. None of her four sons went with her. The two older boys continued to reside with their father, while the two younger sons were sent to be raised by an aunt in Sydney. From, from that point, uh, Barbara and Ken uh, decided that it was time for them to have some kids. So they had four additional children. Uh, including twin girls born in 1955 in Tenerfield. Love a little song about Tenerfield. That's another story, yeah, though. Peter Allen, right? That's Tenerfield the one. Seven. Yeah, how good is it? Um, is so anyway, Catherine Knight was one of the younger of these twin daughters. Um, now, for people who might think that they know the name, uh, like it's an Australian show and it was called Kath and Kim, and Kath Day married Kel Knight and became Kath Day Knight. Don't confuse her with oh, yeah. Catherine Knight, who is uh, not so nice and, and definitely doesn't call Chardonnay Cardonnay. Oh, maybe she does. Anyway, um, so in 1959, when Knight was four, Jack Ruffin died and his two boys who'd been living with him moved in with Barbara, their mother, and Ken. So Catherine's father was an alcoholic who openly used violence and intimidation to rape his wife, Barbara, up to 10 times a day. And she left the other guy, Ruffin, who's now died, uh -huh. for this guy, right? She already had yes. four children with Ruffin and she's gone and married this other child. Well, they've ended up together and they have four children and he's yes. she's left him for yes. the... And, and I love that you've picked oh, up on okay. that theme this early because it will reoccur and there'll be times where you just go, why are these two people together? It'll happen a little oh. bit. Okay. Well, maybe, um, you know, back then in rural Australia, um, you couldn't rape your wife. Mm. Haven't we heard that uh, in the past where it's in marriage, in oh, the sanctity mean, yeah, of marriage or no something, so it can't be it. raped? Yeah. Come a long way since oh, then, right. yeah. particularly yeah. in the last few years. So, uh, funnily enough, Barbara, in turn, so this is Catherine's mum, Barbara, in turn often told her daughters intimate details of her sex life and how much she hated sex and men. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. Had she had eight children in total? Yes, not, not in one litter. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, but also to your point about um, rape not being considered a thing, neither was contraception um, particularly encouraged and and, no, and I don't know what we, we don't know what the religion of these people are but you know if they're Catholic then it wouldn't be a thing and so you know if she's spending a whole time being abused and raped by someone why would you like yeah. sex and if you had yeah, a very good as point a result. so yeah. later when Knight complained to her mother that one part in a sex act she did not want to perform Barbara told her to put up with it and stop complaining. It's quite nice advice to get from your mother, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, but her, her mother was a victim of a severe amount of abuse. And therefore everyone couldn't, Clearly be. couldn't see her own... No, couldn't see her own way out of it um, and maybe thought that there was no safe way out of it. So um, the, the, the next little uh, bit to, to tell you is by the time she's 11, there's been... Um, claims that she's been frequently sexually assaulted. Now, although there are no there are doubts about the details, psychiatrists accept her claims and the events have been largely confirmed by members of her family. So at 11, she's been sexually assaulted a number of times. Yeah, I mean, I'd completely believe that. The boys are being raised in a household where they their, their example is a man who beats and rapes his wife. So, you know, they've, it, he's normalised sexual violence in that family. So coming back to the bit of art, you know, we were talking about her coming from an unconventional and dysfunctional family, but, you know, everyone kind of claims that nowadays. Yeah. She was frequently sexually assaulted until she was 11. Um, apart from her twin sister, the person whom Knight was close to was her uncle Oscar Knight. Uh, she was devastated, however, when he committed suicide in 1969 and continues to maintain that his ghost visits her. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, when Muzzlebrook mm. uh, High School, she became a loner and is remembered by classmates as a bully who stood over small children. She assaulted at least one boy at school with a woman mm. and was once injured by a teacher who was subsequently found to have acted in self-defence. That's not nice, is it? I mean, mm. we all know teachers have it tough at school. No, no I mean, you know... Yeah, well, she's damaged she, anyway. Yes, correct. That's a good word. Contrast, though, when, when she wasn't in a rage, mm. she was a model student and often earned awards for good behaviour. Thank you for not wow. injuring us today, mm. Catherine. You can have some lolly. <laughs> I feel like... Was her twin sister um, going through a similar situation with well, the abuse and also experience well, so at school? This is the thing, right? So we talk about um, were criminals born that way or are they made that way? Yeah. There's not a lot that I found on her sister. Um, and I do have a little bit of uh, Catherine was born this way, um, although I think yeah. she was uh, horribly pushed in that and, and probably past where she would have, where normal Catherine would have gone if she had have had a, a reasonable upbringing. So I don't know, her, yep. maybe her sister just dealt with things a little bit differently. Uh, anyway, so upon leaving school at 15, without having learned to read or write, she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. 12 months later, she left to start what she referred to as her dream job. What do you reckon Catherine's dream job might be? It wasn't in a typing pool, just in case you're thinking. <laughs> so what year is Kindergarten this? teacher? Well, she's 15 years old. Oh, so, no, oh. sorry, she's 16. So 15, she had the cutter in the clothing factory. 12 months yep. later, she got her dream job. Wasn't in a kindergarten. Working, working as a checkout chick for Bunnings? Working at a waitress at a five and dime? No, working yeah. part-time at a five and dime. Damn it. Cattle station? Uh, no. Swanee, any guesses? 
No, have you given us any clues? Am I missing no, something? No, I think it's going to be something nasty. Or I can something just pluck it out of well, not Maybe at a mortuary or that, a yeah, yeah. Oh, jeepers, you're yeah. getting real close there. So her dream job is okay. cutting up offal at the local abattoir. Oh, my God, oh. an abattoir. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a connection to an abattoir. Really? Tell us. You have a connection to an oh, abattoir. Yeah. Wow. Who's that? My natural father, I'm adopted. My natural father, his job was listed as working at an abattoir when I was born. <laughs> oh. Are you Catherine Knight's long lost twin sister? Oh. <laughs> I think you're a bit that too That would be young. quite the revelation, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? What year were you born? I was going to say, let's go back to those dates. I was born in 1973. <laughs> hmm. Only what twenty something oh, years old. Fifty-five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, close, real close. Ooh. <laughs> so, did yeah, what, she get a job at an abattoir? Did she? Yeah, she got a yeah. dream job got at a the dream abattoir. Dream job. Yeah, <laughs> never, never wants yeah. to go back. And oh yeah, but so so you get your dream job right. Yeah. Uh, there, she was quickly promoted to boning and was given her own set of butcher's knives. Oh, that's nice. So, so you've got your dream job. You get you go into the boning room and you start cutting all the meat off the bones and stuff. Um, and you get your butcher's knives. Where do you reckon you'd store your butcher's knives? Oh, hmm. in one of those, you know, canvas roll-up, uh, you know, knife yep. set things, whatever yep. they're called. Swanee, where would you store yours? Same place, somewhere different? No, I would have assumed that there's something that is supplied on site. I wouldn't yes. have thought you'd have to take them home with you, would you? She's not like yeah. a hairdresser or a... Well, I, I think that's is a that reasonable right? assumption too. I think chefs take their knives home. I mean, industrial size. Did chefs, chefs take their knives home? Because a knife can cost, if you've got really good oh, knives, I know they can cost really 100 bucks. I didn't know that. But if, well, more than that. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. So they travel with them all the time? But we're not talking yeah. about Schmidt yeah. and Swanee, are we? We're talking oh. about Catherine Knight. Catherine Knight, uh, at home, she hangs her uh, knives over her bed so they would always be handy if I needed them, <laughs> a habit she continued until her incarceration everywhere she lived. Do you, th do you think um, maybe, you know, given that she was a victim of abuse as a young person, that the idea of having her knives handy with I, I totally, kind of I totally do, but coming totally. back to the why are people with people, um, if you brought someone home to your bed and there were knives hanging above it. <laughs> so uh, Catherine's first husband was um, David Kellett. So uh, he was quite a hard drinker and they met in 1973, which I think is around the time that... Uh, <laughs> someone we know quite closely uh, was born and and her father <laughs> her natural father and what did do they you call meet in it? an Is abattoir it... perchance ha was an abattoir worker i don't want to cast nasturtians no <laughs> well that's exactly the year 1973 i have actually uh met my natural parents so fortunately we're not going to have a massive uh shocker for me here that would be a hard a way to find out wouldn't it <laughs> yeah. And what, that would be a Deirdre Chambers moment, wouldn't it? Oh. The oh, ultimate. Yeah, God. Well, thank goodness. I'm glad we got that clarified. You did say one thing, though, Paul, which has got me interested already, which was you, you called Paul Kellett her first husband. So I like to call my current husband my first husband. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did that yeah. as a joke. <laughs> so, um, my current yeah. husband. Correct. So, so David Kellett was yes. uh, her first. We're going to explore um, each of her partners until the the very end. So, okay. Um, yeah. So Paul Kellett. She met no, at the abattoir. David, His name's David. David Where are you getting Paul it's from? Not, it's David not me. So where did you get Paul from? Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> your name. <laughs> yes. So, um, so he, he was quite a hard drinker, um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, which might help you understand why. Okay, that'll be why so Carl is he, confusing the two of you. Yes, because I'm why telling she keeps you calling about Paul him. No, because you're a hard drinker. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm quite an easy drinker. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't take a lot at all. Um, anyway, so he uh, used to work for the, I don't know, railways, whatever they're called. Um, and whilst working there, his friend was killed in front of him in a shunting accident. Mm. Um, not a, a, a cardinal you shunt kind of shunting accident, but a, uh, mm. a shunting accident nonetheless. I thought that... I. Well, I bet they thought that was a bit of a shunting accident. So that's uh, – do I assume that's like where two two carriages push up against each other or – Well, you could say that, but I do recall a fast-forward send-up of Thomas the Tank Engine where <laughs> they'd been shunting all night and I'm not sure if that's <laughs> kind of the way that – I don't really know how shunting works, but I think I can okay. imagine a whole lot of funny things about shunting. Except – Except in this except case, because killed. it was a tragic accident. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's all Shunting. fun and games until someone yeah. squished between <laughs> carriages. Yes. 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 And you lose your friend. And you're shunting. In a yeah. horrible shunting accident. In a horrible, tragic, tragic accident. Yes. Yeah. So that was um, that was one thing that might have disturbed him quite a bit. So anyway, the uh, the other um, horrible thing that happened to him was. Uh, he was present when a train hit a school bus in Kempsey, killing six children oh. in 1968. That's awful. Horrendous. Um, no, it is. Was this? Be- was he present because he was working on the railway, or is it just literally yeah, yeah. an awful? Yeah, yeah. No, well, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming so. And and so since uh, we don't have any fact checkers here, and I'm the one telling the story, <laughs> I feel like whatever I assume is fact until one of our <laughs> listeners says. You lot just make That's shit not up. True. Do you want to really know what happened? <laughs> and if they okay. do do that, post it on the Facebook site and we'll all be better for it. Trialbywine at gmail.com. Correct. <laughs> Until then, I will take poetic license and assume whatever I want and it'll be fact. Okay. Okay, okay. cool. Great. So, uh, so, is that why he, le- did he, he left the railway because he'd had these terrible experiences and that's why he ended up in an abattoir? Because well, that's gonna... the kind of place you go to chill out after having terrible, <laughs> terrible experiences. Oh, you go to the abattoir. Well, well. So there's a little bit more about it. So with the, with the six kids, uh, he helped rescue the injured and remove the bodies. So um, you know, oh, it was awful. quite involved in the whole thing. And and his mm. um, his heavy drinking has been attributed to that, which um, which is good because I feel like he's got a really solid reason for heavy drinking. Um, yes, I think that uh, he's seen. He's probably got post-traumatic stress, I'd imagine. Yeah, yep, yep. And this was, yeah, uh, what did you say, nineteen sixty, late sixties. So you know, 
he probably wasn't given adequate treatment for that either. It would have been go and do a jog around the paddock and harden up, you know. Yeah, correct. And maybe have a couple of beers because that's what we all do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, right, so after that's David. That, well, that, that, so that's that's David pre Catherine. So after that, he then went and started working at the Aberdeen Abattoir, uh, which is where he met Catherine's brother. So uh, after he met Catherine's brother, he then began dating Catherine. And and of course, right. because. This is a kind of a twisted, messed up story that wouldn't apply to most of us. Uh, he also occasionally partnered with her twin sister. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to now assume that partnering means, you know, shagging occasionally. Well, well we, we are very well within our rights to assume that because no one here can prove otherwise. But let's let's... In the interest of remaining non-sexual, let's assume it was a mixed doubles tennis final and they were partnering in that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm right. comfortable with that. Yeah. So Catherine was so in love with David Kellett that often if he got into a fight, Catherine would step in and back him up with her fists. Like, well, that's what? what you want out of a good woman. I'm assuming it? he must have got into more than one fight. It must be something that happened quite regularly to, to make comment. I it wasn't know, a one-off right? thing. Like, how many fights do you have in abattoirs? I don't know. I never worked <laughs> in one. I have sent sheep there. But... but surely they're not fighting in the abattoir. They're fighting in the local pub or, pub. you know, down the road at the servo. <laughs> I don't know. In the supermarket over the of paper <laughs> in COVID <laughs> lockdowns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Just the normal. <laughs> correct, correct. So th this is my favourite and it's a really nice, um, you know how you hear about all these romantic ways to um, propose to your partner? Yeah. So Knight married Kellett in 1974 at her request. So anyway, okay. at, the, at the wedding, the couple arrived at the service on her motorcycle and, of course, he was very intoxicated as a pillion passenger. But upon arriving at the wedding, Catherine's mother, Barbara, gave David some advice. What, right. what do you reckon? What, what advice would you like from your mother to give to your... Run for your life. Get as far out of Dodge as you can. Yes. This is a girl who hangs her knives over the bed. I don't know why you've been going out with her for so long. But you need to get out of Dodge as soon as you can. Was it something like that? Well, yeah, I think that's fairly accurate. I guess what I was wondering is, you know, <laughs> if you were about to marry someone and you saw their mother at the church and they were to give you some advice, what would you want it to be? Probably not this advice, but, but here it is. Um, so Barbara said to David, um, watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't oh, ever well, think of playing up on... Yeah, no, wait, there's more advice. Oh, go on, go on, go on, go yeah. on, yeah. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me oh, she's got something lovely. loose. She, she said she's got something loose. What? Yeah. 
No, she, so the mum then said she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. So, um, what does tradition say about your wedding on the, um, the wedding night? Get carried over the threshold in those days, go to your house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, However, what did they say do? Well, we're talking about Catherine, aren't we? So on their wedding night, she tried to strangle David... <laughs> um, and, and she well, later she explained that it was because he fell asleep only uh, after only having intercourse three times. Oh, well, that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, that's a match made in heaven, isn't it? Like, true love. Well, she was just, she's, you know, uh, she's nuts. Oh, oh, no, she's, she's she's quite her nuts, mother had she? it right. Her, yeah, I yeah, agreed. Called it correctly. She's got but a screw loose. wouldn't have been exposed to that prior to the oh, wedding night. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's good assume point. that if she was like that at school, you know, she's had. I'm sure she's got form. I'm sure she just didn't go all of a sudden on the wedding night. Oh, you're not going to put out again. I'm going to wrap my hands around your throat. Anyway, so well, you don't know because maybe she had him legally. Then you're going nowhere. You yeah. can't leave me now. Oh, I think Carla's probably right in that some of this behaviour would have been there prior. Yeah. Let, let yeah, me tell I, you a little I, bit more I, then. <laughs> okay. So the marriage proved particularly violent and on one occasion a heavily pregnant knight burned all of Kellett's clothing and shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan simply because he arrived home late from a darts competition after reaching the finals. That's his story anyway. Well, you know, that's, I don't even know if that's his story. That's Wikipedia's story. <laughs> that's verified fact. Okay, fine. Yeah. Mm, okay, frying pan, That's that can kill someone. So that's pretty bad. Yep. Yeah, it's a fair, fair oh, okay, effort. Okay, so. As can strangling you're someone. Telling us she was, yeah, I was just about to say, effectively you're telling us that she was an abusive partner. Correct. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. telling you that, yes. So yeah, in fear, I mean, and I'll go back to the fair. fact that she grew up in a household of systemic violence and abuse. Yes. Just saying. Not saying yes. it's okay that she continued that, but there's a bit of a cycle of abuse here. Correct. Yep. Yes, yes. So mm-hmm. in fear for his life, Kellett fled before collapsing in a neighbour's house and he was later treated for a severely fractured skull. Police wanted... Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Police wanted to charge Knight... But she changed her behaviour to ingratiating Kellett and talked him into dropping the charges. Mm. Okay. I, I refer back to Swanee's earlier comment about why are they still together or how did these people stay together. Yeah. You've been cracked on the back of the head with a frying pan to the point where your skull fractures, but you don't your partner doesn't get charged because she talks you back into loving her because she's really lovely. Well, yeah, well, also she was... a violent situation, isn't it, really? Yeah, it and she was heavily pregnant, though, when that happened. So, oh, yeah, you well, know, there might be a part sense, of him... Then. Well, oh, that's fine, Paul. However, he may have felt like, oh, well, I'm about... She's about to have a kid, so I better behave myself and maybe hormones made her crazy uh, than usual. Um, she... Or She's just, about to have I a feel kid. responsible. Be- 
I better behave myself or she'll crack me over the back of her head with a frying pan again. Like, I, never again will I come home late from a darts competition after winning the final. <laughs> anyway, so let's continue. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying she's not a nutbag, but I'm also aware I'm that this man has, as per Carla says, been with this woman for a whole period of time. Like, she would have been a nutbag the whole time. You know, and, we, and he's... We are the you know, best he's victim blamers her. going around. I still I'm not feel victim like blaming. I am. I'm not victim blaming. I'm, I'm saying 100% that... 100% you are. He knew, he knew that she no, was wrong. I'm the opposite. <laughs> no, I'm the opposite of victim blaming. I'm explaining why he went back. I'm explaining why he would have felt responsible for going back. I'm not saying that he should have... I'm, I believe he should have left her. But I'm saying it's – I understand why he would have felt that it was extenuating circumstances and went back into an abusive relationship in the 70s. You know, like it wasn't yeah. the only one. It was a different time. The police wouldn't have seen – but they might have seen this happening, but at the same time there was still a stigma about men being abused by women. So yep. I'm actually not victim-blaming. I'm doing the opposite. I'm explaining why this person – Kept putting himself in a dangerous situation. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you for explaining that, and uh, I'm glad you're, you're not. So let's continue then. So in May 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann, Kellett left Catherine for another woman, apparently unable to cope with Catherine's abuse. Go figure. Uh -huh. That makes sense. So the next day, uh, Catherine was behaving erratically. Um, she was pushing Melissa Ann around in the pram and you know, side to side quite violently. People were getting a bit concerned. Uh, and so she was taken to hospital. I don't know how you would get from behaving erratically, pushing a pram around and taken to hospital, but that's what happened. Uh, and she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent uh -huh. several weeks recovering. Mm. After being released from hospital from her postnatal depression incident, she placed two-month-old Melissa Ann on a railway line shortly before a train was due. She oh, then, my God. She then stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people. A man known in the district as Old Ted, who was foraging near the railway line, I'm not sure what he was foraging for near the railway line. Berries. B berries. Berries, bluestone rocks. Um, Probably copper. Copper. Yep. So he was foraging near the railway line and found and rescued Melissa by all accounts only yeah, minutes a hero. before the train passed. Wow, that's oh. just yep. awful. But luckily old Ted was on hand foraging. Thanks for old Ted. Yep. Top bloke. Mm -hmm. So, um, Knight was arrested and again taken to hospital, but apparently she recovered and signed herself out the following day. Mm. Yeah. Who's in charge here? Yeah. That's a very good question. What a clusterfuck, excuse me. But you've, yes. you've been arrested. Mm. We'll take you to hospital and you can just sign yourself out the next day because, you know. But she beat him down with an axe, right? Yeah, trying to, threatening to kill people, put her daughter yeah. on a train line. 
But you know, yeah, that's, yeah she's at this point she should have been locked up and given you yes. know psychiatric assessment, help. And probably yep. put in a mental um, <clears throat> facility. Instead of just signing yourself out, I'm fine now. Sorry, just have a little yeah. episode. I'm, I'm good now. I'm sorry about your time. Oh, you know, I just, so, I just didn't feel fine. myself. <laughs> so after all of that, you think, you know, I'll, I'll go and lay low and, you know, maybe smoke some joints in the backyard or something. But no, no, not our Catherine. A few days later, she slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded she drive oh her God. to Queensland to find Kellett. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. What? Why Did she know this woman? It was just yeah. a stranger. You know, no, no. Um, so the the woman escaped after they stopped at a service station, but by the time police oh. arrived, Knight had taken a young boy hostage and was threatening him with a knife. So are these people Ooh. just random. Well, yes, but it, yeah. there, there is a reason for this. Um, so she was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms. Like modern, <laughs> modern day Australia, you'll get tasered, you'll get water cannoned, Shot. you'll get hit by the baton, you'll get an earthquake as I'm recently amazed she happened. Didn't get shot. No, I'm she amazed got she didn't get shot. Australian police, I know, yeah, but Australian police have, yeah, excuse me, the New South Wales police are just as good at shooting people. Um, they've always carried guns, so it's surprising that she wasn't shot. But it, I suppose have they, they always carried you brooms? If you, if you brandish it at them, not at so someone where else. Where did this happen, Paul? Where was she found, and where did they attack her with the brooms at a service station or somewhere? Yeah, it's, this is the same service station. So she slashed the face of the woman. Um, but she then says drive just and, but that woman, that woman was not related. She just randomly attacked a person. Said, "Now drive me to Queensland." Or yeah, again, yeah, or? Yes, so she got, the, she got the woman to take her to Queensland because that's where Kellett was and she decided... So she made it to Queensland? They went to No, Queensland. no, no, no. So she got the woman, <laughs> slashed her yeah. face, then said, take Correct. me to Queensland. On the way to Queensland, they stopped at a service station. The woman got away, but then before ah. the police could arrive, she's got a young boy. Some poor kid. And mm. she's got him oh. with a knife. Hostage. So then um, right. she's disarmed when police attack her with brooms. Now, I don't brooms? know that police oh, yeah. hold brooms on them and it, it, it all feels a little bit like monkey magic now where they get their brooms um, and, that and just That magic start. staff was pretty impressive. So, you yeah, know, yeah. if it was monkey magic, it would only take one to disarm her, not multiple. Correct. And a little cloud <laughs> to get them there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. So anyway, um, so then she was uh, admitted to the Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. Oddly. Alanis Morissette's? Exactly. There, You can see the connection, right? Um, mm -hmm. Jagged little pill? Did they give her a jagged little pill while she was there? Uh, I think they needed to. But, but while she was there, she told the nurses... She'd intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had repaired Kellett's car, which had allowed him to leave and then killed both her husband and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. So she stopped at the service station to kill the mechanic because he's the one who made it possible for David to get away. Then get she's going to go to yeah. Queensland and kill David and his mum. So where is she now? Is she... Has she made it to Queensland or is she still in New South Wales no, in this hospital? Yeah, no, no, she's, no, she's still at the Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. 
the, uh, also known as the Alanis Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. That's uh, right. in, yeah. It is now, uh, yeah. yeah. On, only on trial by wine, not anywhere else. You, you won't see a photo <laughs> of the Alanis Morissette Psychiatric <laughs> Hospital. Yeah. Um, so guess what happens next? So um, David Kellett has just found out that uh, Catherine is on his oh sorry on her way to murder him Kill but him gets caught and, and goes into yeah. a psychiatric hospital what do you think he comes next home to her he comes that's home the, to her that's exactly it so when the police informed him of the incident he left his girlfriend and moved to Aberdeen with his mother to support Catherine so, so she was released on the 9th of August Poor in mother. 1976 into the care of her mother-in-law. So along with uh, Kellett, they moved to Ipswich, a city west of Brisbane, for those who don't know, and she obtained a job at the Dinmore Meatworks. <laughs> Back in her heartland. I feel like she just needs to be kept away. She loves a good meat. Jesus. <laughs> oh. Honestly, I... Sometimes, like, I like to cook, but the smell of raw meat is so gross. The idea of working in an abattoir and doing my specialty of boning, according to her, just turns my stomach. Anyway. So, on the 6th of March, 1983, they had another daughter, Natasha Marie. So, how many years have we jumped forward here? Well, 1983 now, so 1976 she was uh, released. Oh, so six years later, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, they had the, the second daughter. In 1984, she left him and moved first to her parents' house in Aberdeen, then to a rented house near Musselbrook. I'm not okay. sure why she left him. Lucky escape on his behalf, though. Maybe because yeah. she was sick of strangling him after only making love three times in the night. Who knows? Did she take the children with her, do we know? I don't know. Did she take Melissa and Natasha with her? Yeah, no, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Okay. What was her well, optimal amount of lovemaking in the evening that was his, like, you know... Well, we never got to that. What was the expectation? But- but it's a really good question because given that we are trial by wine, like if, if you are having sex with someone and you want to have sex more than once, like I don't know what you do and I don't know what you do after twice and you want to have sex with them more, but I do now know. Maybe tell them up front. Maybe say, look, just so you know, I can be quite triggered. So if you're unlikely to want to make love to me more than three times, I do get a little bit murderous. <laughs> so, you know, yes. a bit strangling. So, yeah, so just I'm, telling you up front, there's a performance requirement. Um, <laughs> it does trigger me. I will lose control, so I'm yeah. just putting it out there. Just yeah. so you know. Exactly. It's a KPI. So I know, I know yeah, that KPI. three times, only three times is punishable by strangling, but I'm not yeah. sure how it tapers off like four, five, six, Ooh. seven, and, and when it actually goes, all right, let's go to sleep. I think you need to be more concerned at what you get if you only get to do it once or twice. That's a real. That's yeah. what you really need to be concerned about. Well, but at what point is the punishment as, as minor as a Chinese burn? You know, nine? <laughs> 27. Nine, if you didn't quite make it to ten, you get a, you get a Chinese burn for that. I feel, like, I feel anyway. like once the friction is enough to start a fire, maybe then... You- <laughs> 
<laughs> Cute Ouch. vomit face. Thanks very much. <laughs> that was an excellent vomit <laughs> face. Well done. <laughs> so, although she returned to work at the abattoir, she injured her back the following year and went on a disability pension. Oh, do we know how she hurt her back? I, I feel like she probably more likely deadlifted a co-worker after smacking him on the back <laughs> of the head with half a cow. With a frying pan? <laughs> no, with half a cow, I reckon, because it's an abattoir. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what no longer got handy. I've got a, I've got a leg of lamb handy. I'm going to smack you over the head with that. Rewind. Have you seen Cereal Mum? That's a scene out of that. No, I haven't. No. Cereal Mum's great. It's this movie about um, this woman who just wants the world to be perfect. And so her, um, it's kind of a little bit trial by wine, except she only has one punishment, which is murder. And so she murders somebody. So she murders someone for not rewinding their videotapes by smacking them to death with a leg of lamb. Frozen? No, cooked. Cooked leg of lamb. Cooked. Because she invited them over for dinner and then rewound. And murdered them. And when she hits them, she goes, rewind as she hits them to say, you need to rewind your videos. (laughs) Wear a mask. Yeah, anyway, we, maybe we I'm going to turn into that woman. We need to add that to our list of appropriate punishments. Uh, what, leg a lamb slap? Yeah, <laughs> yes. And and possibly slap to death, possibly just slap. Yeah, okay. I guess that is that is the, the differentiating factor. It's not a simple slap, it's to the death. <laughs> yes. That's why, the, that's why it matters if it's cooked, if it's raw or if it's frozen. Yeah. It if it's frozen, it's just like a baseball bat, you know. It's like anyway, a frying pan. Okay. Yes. It anyway, yes. back back to the story. So um, now that she's on the disability pension, she doesn't need to rent accommodation close to work. Uh, so the government gave her housing commission residence in Aberdeen. So that's it for husband number one. He just disappears. That's it. Yep. Well, no, she left him. Remember. Yeah, but from our story, from here on yeah, in, he's yeah, no yeah. longer a player. He's irrelevant. He's irrelevant. He was, he was never um, doing violent acts. It was all- so by all accounts, we, he was probably a pretty good guy who had, had some severe trauma in terms of what he'd seen with the bus crash with the six children and then the friend who was shunted yeah, to yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, um, And then, of course, being married to a woman who was clearly a psychopath who was, you know, abusing him. I, I feel like to Schmidt's to Schmidt's point, um, his future mother-in-law did warn him. Me, <laughs> I realised that she he was warned, but perhaps he took it with a pinch of salt. You know, like as did my brother-in-law. Mind you, having said that, they are still together. Maybe my brother-in-law is scared that the mafia will come and get him. <laughs> but but importantly, <laughs> she left him. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, because she has the power in the relationship. So should we move terrifying. on to husband number two? <laughs> oh, I can't oh, wait. Yes, please. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, I say husband number two. I'm not sure if they actually got married, but you know, I'm just going to refer to them all as husbands until our listeners prove us otherwise. It is. It is trial by wine. Licensed to make up shit that fits the story. So. License granted. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, uh, husband number two is David Saunders. Uh, so, Knight met David Saunders when he was 38 years old and he was uh, working in the mines in 1986. 
A few months later, he moved in with her and her daughters, although he kept his old apartment in Scone. So Knight soon became jealous regarding what he did when she was not around and would often throw him out. He would move back to his apartment. Can I, where sorry, she invariably... can I ask a question? Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Have you seen photos no. of this woman? Is she, like, beautiful? Because she seems to attract men, no problem. I'm, I, ha- I have seen or photos of her. Or she's got a magic her. pussy. Uh, what? She so might have a magic I, I, pussy. <laughs> so she might yeah, have a so, magic um, pussy. I didn't. I didn't find her pretty. I didn't find her in any way attractive. I must say, I didn't go looking at her magic pussy. Although I don't think they had photos of it. I do have a feel like if she had a magic pussy, we would have discussed it by now. Well, no, I'm she's only been she with does. two blokes so far that we know of. It's not like she's no, but she got a strangles one. She tries to kill him with hit him over the head. Uh, she threatens to murder him. Her, her, the mechanic and the mother, and he comes back to her. I mean, you know. Two blokes outside of What was the name of, of the woman family? last week? Janelle. See, Janelle was too pretty. Maybe this one's too pretty. <laughs> I see. Too. Now I'm with you. Yeah, that is that is not <laughs> Catherine's curse. No, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That is All not right. her curse. We, we will put a, uh, a photo up for our listeners to see the beauty that okay. is Catherine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, have you just Did Googled you just it Google yourself, Carla? <laughs> <laughs> You've got well, the, I don't know if I... I just Googled this woman's... Yeah. Uh, Curly hair? I think we're... I, uh, yeah, she's definitely... It's Jeff... <laughs> she's, she's, got, she's probably suffering... As, she, she's making Janelle look good, I think. I don't it, think that it was her looks that were... Correct. She's not pretty enough that if she smacked you on... She's not pretty enough that if she oh smacked God. you on the back of her, the head with a fry pan, you would go back to her. No, <laughs> I've just Googled her too. Yep. Yep. Okay. Wow. Magic pussy it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We will We will put photos up. And uh, if any of our listeners can find a photo of the magic pussy, please put that up too. <laughs> That, okay. that, that is that is not a license to put porn up on the website on the Facebook no, page. No, no, no. We were, don't worry. We'll moderate it. It's all good. Okay. Okay. Oh my lord. All right. I know, right? So, so true to form, mm. uh, she soon became jealous regarding what David Saunders was doing when she was not around, and would often throw him out. He'd move back to his apartment, where she'd invariably follow him and beg him to return. So then, drama, drama, drama. In May 1987, she cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo pup in front of him. Oh my god! Like you know, I, I think we're all very much animal lovers, and you've crossed yeah, the line right no, there. Way, way what a sicko! I know, right? Do you want to know why? Why did she do that? Yes. Yes. Why did she do that? What was she trying to demonstrate? So she did that as an example. I wasn't allowed of, to love anyone else. That, that was an example of what she would do to him if he ever had an affair. I mean. That, and then guess what she did? God, poor puppy. Ate it. No, she didn't eat it. No, it's a, it's a um, <laughs> God, we're not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> but, so. Sex with him. 
I'm no, gonna, she I've knocked seen a photo of her. She could just do anything. Pan. She didn't. She totally knocked him unconscious with a frying pan. If you what after killing the dog? If you ever have an affair with me, I will do this. And she cuts the throat of the dog. He hasn't had an affair, oh. and then she cracks him on the back of the head with a frying pan to the point where he's unconscious. So, so this is in May 1987. June 1988, she gave birth to a third daughter, Sarah. So, so did he stay with her? So, so he took that as a warning and thought, all right, thank you for giving me the heads up. I'm right. I'm good to go now, now that I know what the expectations are. Oh, God. So anyway, she gives birth to the third daughter, Sarah, which prompts him to put a deposit on a house. Oh, it's a fairy tale. We, we, are, we are in this together. So he puts the deposit on the house, but but this is her, right? She, this is how loving she is. She paid the deposit off with her workers' compensation in 1989 because hmm. she got workers' compensation from the abattoir when she used half yeah, a cow yeah. to kill someone that she worked with, or you know, whatever we were joking about <laughs> earlier. So she got workers' comp for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, she's a... I mean, her, her dream job was obviously working in the abattoir, but guess what her second dream job was? Working in a funeral parlour. Interior. Butcher? Interior decorating. So she... Oh, she, that's she, a I, I made that bit up. I'm not sure if it really was her, um, <laughs> her, her second dream job. But... but it's a very decide, unusual leap. <laughs> yeah, but no, the reason for that is that she decorates the house throughout with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. No space, including the ceilings, was left uncovered. Maybe she's got access to it because of the abattoir. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe she's Are there just photos a fucking of that? nut job. <laughs> oh look, <laughs> she is. I think we've already established that. But um, the bit about the skins and uh, up until he said rakes, I was like, oh, I get it. I it's rustic. Yeah. It's I know. Yeah, that's what she's saying. I I sort of I can imagine that some people might have had a sort of a an animal skin, leopard skin, you know, it's a bit garish vibe going on. So I can understand that she may or may not have liked that. But it wasn't it just sort of the sheer volume of it by the sounds of things that every yeah, room yeah. was decorated like that. And yeah, what yeah. else did you say? There were machetes. Yeah, yeah. But also if someone sleeps with knives above their bed and then decorates the house like that, like, you know, it's it's not it's not a loving household, I feel. Mm. Anyway. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean I don't disagree like with know... you, but you know, we've we've all seen we've all seen the stereotype of you know, Midwestern Americans with cow hides and, and uh, you know, um, heads, stuffed yeah. deer heads and stuffed bears and all that. You yeah, know, that, but it, that, those, that's cabin. I, I agree that I wouldn't go so far as to put a rake or a machete <laughs> or a rusty trap. But, you know, she's just got a little bit too far you with that idea. actually accept on everything the ceiling, except the rake. <laughs> on the ceiling, it just yeah, the rake, you know, it makes me think back. about... <laughs> yeah, I can't. Cut, I, can't I draw a line at the rake. There's a hardcore I do draw a line at the rake. <laughs> I, 
I draw a line. And I don't think we're talking about a plastic rake, are we? No, but we're not talking you about had, a plastic leaf rake. You had me at we're hello, about, you lost me at the rake. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure this rake is one of those steel ones that could do damage if it fell from the ceiling. It's not a plastic leaf rake. If it can't do it? damage, it's not in Catherine's house. That's right. And that's why you lost me at the rake. Correct. And are the three daughters anyway. still with her at this point? I assume they are. Well, the children oddly um, get left out quite a lot, but um, probably probably because it's uh, it's not PG rated. The whole the whole okay. life of Catherine is not. Do you want to know how they um, like whether they stayed together until death do they part, or whether they actually separated? Who's his husband number two or David yeah, Saunders? Yeah, da- David and Catherine. Do you reckon they stayed together forever or do you reckon they left or they separated? Oh, uh, I reckon she killed him. I'll give, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I they separated. Feeling, I have a feeling. Oh, I thought she killed <laughs> him. Okay, all right. But, but, no, they stayed together and that's the end of this story. That would have been But, but if she yeah, killed no, right. him, that would be a very real oh, okay. separation. Well, would you like to hear how they separated? Yes, please. Uh-huh. I'm glad you asked. So after an argument in which she hits Saunders in the face with an iron, before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Oh! <laughs> that is awful and shocking and gratuitous. And so my laugh, I've just got to qualify there, was an uncomfortable and awkward laugh. But we've all got to, we should remind our viewers now, this is trial by wine. This is not meant to be appropriate responses. We completely <laughs> understand that this is ridiculous. It's an uncomfortable sometimes laugh. laughter is the way you cope with this stuff. She hit him in the head with an iron and stabbed him in the guts with scissors. Hit him in the face with an iron. I'm not sure if it was hot or not. It could have been like, you know, um, holding the cord and swinging it round. I don't really know. Oh. Um, anyway, so oh, after. That would have killed him. Surely that would have killed plate. him. If you, if, you, if you went full like discus or what do you call it, you know, like the hammer. <laughs> hammer throw. If you went the hammer with, a, hammer <laughs> throw throw with an iron, that would kill someone. That's it's the um, Housewives of 1980s Australia Championships. <laughs> Right. Anyway, so oh, the, the very bad housewives, very bad housewives, not the good ones. Exactly. <laughs> After he's been hit in the face with an iron and stabbed with a pair of scissors, he decided he should move back to Scone. But when he later returned That's home to right. Aberdeen, and I don't know why that happened, he found she had cut up all his clothes. Oh, she's done that before, hasn't she? Burnt someone's clothes and shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she'd done yeah. the burn. Oh, Paul Kellett. Paul slash David Kellett. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Paul yeah. David Kellett. David Paul Kellett, one or the other, yeah. So he then took long service leave and went into hiding, understandably. She tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing his whereabouts. Why wasn't she in jail? Why wasn't she in trouble for having As hurt I- him so gratuitously? And Stabbing him with scissors. I mean, how did she get away with that again? As I read this, I'm going, my God, like, I reckon if I went out to a shop in 
Wodonga, I'd end up in jail because I breached a public health order. And, and yeah, and he, he was like, no. <laughs> this is what I could, and I actually Googled why didn't she end up in jail and I couldn't actually find a reasonable answer to that because that is a question I knew that would come up. Don't, I don't oh, know, God. though. So, anyway, um, she tried Did to find him. Did like, Pardon? We got to assume. We got to assume he was hospitalised for that. Did he make a complaint? Well, so so this maybe is maybe the, the answer is... to why she doesn't end up in jail is because he said I, I fell into her scissors. I fell into her scissors nine times. You know I, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm about to tell you why. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So um, after he'd left and got into hiding and, and she couldn't find him, several months later. He returned to see his daughter and found that Knight had gone to the police and unjustly told them she was afraid of him and they had issued her an AVO against him. Right. Ah. Let's go to partner number four. Number four? Number three? Let's go to partner number three. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we know there's a number four, so let's get through number three. Like, yeah, seriously, I know I've had a few drinks. A I've, I've got I've got three and four on the screen, and three is only very small, okay. so I, I um yeah got a bit confused. Anyway, he's a okay. bit player, is he? So uh, in 1997, Knight became pregnant by 43-year-old former abattoir co-worker John Chillingworth, and gave birth to. The, uh, a boy that they named Eric. So I don't know how many kids she's had now. I, I can't keep up with it, and I'm not even going to try. Four. She, I, I feel like she's had. She said three girls and a boy. She's had she Melissa, was... Anne, Natasha, Sarah, and Eric. So their relationship <laughs> lasted three years before she left him for a man she'd been having an affair with for some time, John Price. So. Here we are, okay. and this is where the real story begins. And as I said to um, our listeners earlier, this is the bit where if you really don't like gruesome, it gets gruesome. So the, the, the first part up to this point has been a little bit of shits and giggles in comparison to where we're really going now. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Are you ready? Okay. okay. Yep. Yep. Are you, you ready? You're both committed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're scaring me now, but yes. So, so to anyone who hasn't, uh, hasn't left us by now, thank you for sticking with us. Um, <laughs> this is where <laughs> shit gets real. So as we said, uh, Catherine had been having an affair with John uh, for a little while. Um, John Chillingworth, that is, and she's having an affair with John Price. So John Charles Price was born in 1955, same year as Catherine. He was the father of three children when she and him started having an affair. Reputedly, he was a terrific bloke, liked by everyone who knew him. His own marriage had ended in 1988. While his two-year-old daughter had remained with his former wife, the older two children had lived with him. This is the bit that I think has been almost a common theme throughout. 
Price was well aware of Knight's violent reputation as she moved into his house in 1995. That, like, that's a little bit 95. common, isn't it? You know, She's been doing this. So the, the original violence was in the early 70s. So she's been 25 years of this in this same area. It's yeah. nuts. Correct. Yes. And, and she's just okay. got her fourth partner who is well aware. So remember old mate was, um, was told was by the mum, be very careful. <laughs> this one knew about mm. stuff. Anyway, here we are. Magic pussy. So can I just yeah, magic got... pussy? Can you put a little bit of magic pussy? pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Dave Kellett. Yes. Dave Saunders, is it? Yes. And then who John John Shellingworth and now we're with John Price. Okay. So with these three that she had the four kids, so she's got four kids and a magic pussy. So not only is she like raising children, she brings still... back. I tell it's you, sprung what. back every time. Well, she's, the fact that she's, she's got been... the time to be using it is what I sort of think is more of a oh, at least ten times a night, and she has been doing her kegels like nobody on earth. I don't know what she's been doing, but so is she? <laughs> is she with John? John Price now? She's left John Chellingworth, uh-huh. or is she having an yep. affair? So, so now we're now we're with uh, Catherine Knight and John Price. Okay, so she's with she's with Pricey, right? Yep, yep got it. His children liked her. He was aware, uh, sorry, he was making a lot of money working in the local mines. Apart from violent arguments at first, life was a bunch of roses. Oh. Mm. Oh, that's mm. nice. In oh, 1998. Be, I, I swear, I go back to my point earlier where when she wasn't a psycho, she must have been quite the opposite of a psycho. A bunch of roses. Bunch of roses, yeah, exactly. Okay. A magic pussy. Yeah, a well, magic that too. Pussy, That's definitely yes. there. Yes, goodness. So in 1998, Knight and Price fought over his refusal to marry her. In retaliation, she videotaped items he had allegedly stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. Although the items are out of date medical kits, that he had scavenged from the company rubbish tip, Price was fired from the job he had held for 17 years. It must be love, love, love. (laughs) Nothing more, nothing nothing less. Love is the best. (laughs) That same day, he kicked her out and she returned to her own home while news of what she had done spread throughout the town. A few months later, Price restarted the relationship. To your point, Caroline? Magic pussy! (laughs) (laughs) Although he now refused to allow her to move in with him. The fighting became even more frequent and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. Classic domestic violence. Yeah. So this is the bit that gets me. We're now in, we're about to go into February 2000. Oh my God. It's getting so close. How do we not know about this? I've never heard of it. 
So in February 2000, a series of assaults on Price culminated with Knight stabbing him in the chest. Finally fed up, he kicked her out of his house. Now, so on, on the 29th of February, he stopped at the Scone Magistrate's Court on his way to work and took out a restraining order in an attempt to keep her away from both him and his children. Yeah. Kind of makes sense, right? Oh, no, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, why wasn't she arrested again for stabbing him? Because they don't seem to report it. Like, I know, right? <clears throat> God. This, this is the constant thing that kept coming up with me. And I, I refer you back to earlier when Swanee said, why are these people still together? Like, they just keep going. Yeah. Anyway, so the same, same afternoon that he'd got the restraining order, he told his co-workers that if he didn't come into work the next day, it would be because Knight had murdered him. <gasps> oh, no. Uh-huh. Despite their pleas that Price should not return home, he stated that he was afraid Knight would kill his children if he did not. Price Ooh. arrived home to find that Knight, although not there herself, had sent the children away for a sleepover at a friend's house. Mm. So, um, so the kids are away, he's there. He then spent the evening with his neighbours before returning home and going to bed at about 11pm. <laughs> Earlier that day, okay. Knight had bought new black lingerie and had videotaped herself and sent it to all her children while making comments which have seen, since been interpreted as a crude will. She later arrived at Price's house while he was sleeping and sat watching television for a few minutes before having a shower. So anyway, um, so he's asleep. She's watched a bit of TV. Uh, she's gone and had a shower. Then she's gone and woke... And they're in the same house. Yeah, same house. Yes. Then she's gone and woke Price up and they had sex after which he fell asleep. Three times. It, it all... <gasps> Only one time. Uh -oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, so, remember, uh -oh. remember you asked earlier what happens if it's only once. Yes. Yeah. So at six a.m. the next day, the neighbour became concerned that Price's car was still in the driveway. So a neighbour is concerned that he's still in his house with his partner. That's how bad this has got. At six a.m. At six a.m. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And when he did not arrive at work, his employer sent a worker to see what was wrong. Both the well, neighbour and... said the, the day before, if I don't come in tomorrow, she's killed me. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what's happened? So she's killed Both me. the neighbour and the worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him, but they alerted police after noticing blood on the front door. Anyway, so the police arrived at 8am. Breaking down the back door, police found Price's body with night comatose from taking a number of large pills. Sorry. With okay. night comatose from taking a large number of pills. May right, or may not have the, been um, jagged. Right. <laughs> they were large. No, they weren't large. A large number. Uh, <laughs> jagged, jagged little pills. Yes. Um, well, that explains the, the, the will. 
That explains why they think that was a will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But do you want to... Um, do, do you want the details? Yeah. What did of she course do? we do. She stabbed him for sure. <laughs> of course we do. She stabbed him, chopped him up. What'd she do? Uh, right. So she had stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. Again, if you're sleeping with someone with knives above the bed... Don't according sleep to the... anywhere near them. You sleep in the panic room where you are safe. You sleep 100 kilometres away from them. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't sleep with this person. This person's a loon. Okay. Anyway, so he's, she's murdered him a loon. and tried to I'm kill herself. I'm not sure she's a loon. A loon. Well, you know, it's an old-fashioned term. <laughs> I know, darling. Um, <laughs> oh, what a loon. I, I never what did that well, loon do to him? Lunatic, <laughs> lunatic, you know, the precursor to psychiatrically deranged. Yes. I need a little uh, sip of Chardonnay for this next bit, and I, I feel like listeners should all have one together because it gets a little bit rough now. This will brace for impact. It gets rough now. Yeah, now. Oh, you you haven't seen anything yet. This is the thing, right? My God. So, according to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape while night chased him through the house. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but he either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he oh. finally died after bleeding out. Oh, that's awful. Later, mm. Knight went into She's Aberdeen and withdrew $1,000 from Price's account at an ATM. Hang on, what do you mean later? They, well, the police found she, her night. comatose. Oh, so yeah. after she killed him, between her okay. taking the pills, she took money out. So, oh, okay. guess... Let's have a let's play a little game of um, without actually seeing the body. How many times would you kill someone? So, Carla, we, remember we said that they only had sex once. So, you know, murder. Do you mean is how many clearly, times would you stab someone? Clearly, yes, I do. I mean think you can only kill someone once. <laughs> yes, I do feel like the the right question is um, how many times would you stab someone? So, Carla, you said if you only have sex once in Catherine Knight's world, that is death. Yeah. Three times yes. strangling, but maybe not to yep. the point of death. But but yep. how many times would you stab someone because they only had sex with you once? If you were Catherine. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to oh. go... 37. I'll just pluck a number out of the air seven times. Because she was a significant no. knife, wasn't it? It wasn't a little... Arrogant. She wasn't a little... Ar <laughs> it was a big <laughs> knife. Swanee, you say like seven? A... I'll go with seven. Schmitty? I say more like 37 times. Schmitty, it I, was I 37 like was... times, and I feel oh! like you oh! have way too many parallels with this story. <laughs> no, I was just thinking it will be frenzied because she's nuts. Was she – do we know if she did the 37 guess. stabbings before she went to the bank or did she do some more handiwork upon her return to the house? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad oh, you – am I ever oh, glad no, you no, asked? God. So she stabbed him in the front and back and, uh, and many wounds were extending into his vital organs. So, oh. so we have this whole thing, right, that um, he, was, he was found dead. She was comatosed. 
should I should I tell you the headline now and then explain why the headline, or do you want the headline a little bit later? Okay, I'll do it later. <clears throat> so several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook on the architrave of a door to the lounge room. So her, her her work at the abattoir is where she learned how to skin someone, I presume. It's her dream job. True, true. Oh, God. But wouldn't it be quite complicated to skin a human versus skinning an animal? I imagine they've got a thicker... Oh, I don't know. I just feel sick. Is there something else um, I can help with? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> yes. Oh, did you yes. hear that? My watch just said, hmm, I don't. Oh, my God, did you hear that? I, I don't have an answer was. for that either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't even know how to do that if I tried. There you go. Sorry oh, about well, that. No one has um, an answer for that. You're quite no one has, not even Siri has an answer for that. <laughs> but that's I don't have the answer for it. Apart from feeling nauseous and imagining the person who found the skin hanging from an architrave on a meat oh, hook, I just you screwed I, up I, the life. I cannot. Like it's a horrible horror story, you know. Like it's a, it's a film that you like to think this is made up by some sick person who made yes. this up. So, but so it's, I'm going to tell. It's so a the headline was um, the, the one oh that drew God. me in at the start. I'm going to tell you now was. Um, Catherine Knight, Australia's female Hannibal Lecter. Oh, okay. Mm. But, but is that because I think, I think I saw Catherine. Or both? Sorry, I think I saw Carla. Sorry, <laughs> K name. I think I saw Carla just gesticulating. Get, get me another drink. Get me another drink. <laughs> yes. Wipe me out. Wipe me out. <laughs> I need that grunter's wipeout right now. Sorry. Oh, get me okay. some pineapple juice. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm, out, I'm out of milk. Get me some pineapple juice. <laughs> oh, God. So. It's like a total monster. Wait, like, it's wait, not even on. that she just wants someone to die. She's, oh, God. There's, there's more. There's more. So, <laughs> she then decapitated Price and cooked parts of his body, serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash and gravy in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate, each having the name of one of Price's children on it. <gasps> so, she's trying, so she was serving him with stuff. Can I just check, though, were the beetroots, was it just a stew or was the be beetroot, what was it? No, this is a meal. This, this I'm impressed by the vegetables she had in the house to work yeah, with. Just well, me, well, that maybe that's why she spent a thousand dollars, or took a thousand dollars out so she could buy beetroots. What was it? Beetroot? I, I'm stuck on the beetroot. Wash, beetroot does not have a place in potato. a stew. I, I so love, I a, love, I love that this is the <laughs> bit that interests you. What, <laughs> what vegetables do you serve up? With your I don't dead understand lover. it. What seasonal? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I know been, that people, as some Stuart people said, eat it could have just humans. Been seasonal vegetables. Well, some people eat human, right? Not me, and not you, and not anyone who's They're not called a cannibals. Some people eat They're called cannibals. cannibals. Cannibals eat uh, people, right? I and eat it's, you know, cannibal. I often it's long, long pig. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Apparently yeah. human tastes Mama. like pork, right? Allegedly tastes like pork. So with this pork meal, faux pork, let's call it faux pork meal. Bacon. What were my vegetables? Bacon. What were my vegetables? No, bacon. What, were, what are my vegetables? Bacon. I can't believe it's it not Just human. Just run it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what were the vegetables, please? A bun of zucchini and squash. Again, the, the mm. vegetables... Should you ever want to do this? And I will now have to message Tony and say, no, get no, out of the no, house. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Schmitty's meal planning. So baked potato. <laughs> so it's not a soup. It's a fine. roast. It's a roast meal. Baked potato, pumpkin, oh, beetroot, right. zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. So oh, now you've described veggies. That's fine. You've described it as a roast. I can deal with that. I yep. was thinking a stew, and I couldn't see how beetroot fit in a stew. We'll but come to the stew later. Terrifying. We'll come to the stew later. But aren't you impressed uh, by what? how many vegetables she had? Yeah, I'm like Maybe it's because I'm a mum and I'm so used to going, oh, look, have that with rice and broccoli and whatever else. I don't know that I could have put that much effort into the accompanying mm. vegetables. She's gone all out there. That's impressive in itself. You she served that probably... up to me without the human, I would have been impressed and gone, she's... oh, what a lovely suite of vegetables you've got here, Catherine. Yeah. It so... was... I think maybe a statement. Perhaps it was a statement meal. So she an, another... served it up, putting her ch- the children's names. Like yeah. she's feeding him to his children. His children. This is oh, beyond. His yeah, she's feeding yes. him. This is just this, this is beyond. Wait yeah. for it. Comprehension. So, Comprehension. No. <laughs> so another source said oh. that the um the steaks were actually ass cheeks. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm not a cannibal. I don't have any experience in this. But that's the that's the cut that she decided to serve up to his children. But she you wouldn't do that if it was mine. It. You wouldn't have roasted it though. No, no, I'm sorry. That That's a slow-cooked meal. Well, she could have pan-fried. <laughs> I know, you'd, you'd want all the fat in my bum cheeks to dissolve. You wouldn't, you'd have to have it cooked over a long time. <laughs> I'm just assuming, like, beef cheek. Yeah, if you were taking mine, the amount of fat that had to be rendered off that yeah. would take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, like, you say that she's done a good job putting the meal together, and, and maybe she has. We didn't really say um, that. We didn't really say that. <laughs> well, no, there was a thing about all the veggies and, you know, it being a really nice meal. I was just surprised by the, what I she was had impressed on by hand. the vegetables. Yeah. What she had on yeah. hand. I'm impressed that she had it on hand. Yeah, yeah. So, she, well, no, she, she, at to Schmidt's point, she could have taken $1,000 out of the ATM and then gone shopping at the local... Um, I'm going down to the local Lamana and I'm going to get the uh, best yeah. of everything, but I don't need to buy the meat. Uh, I've got ex- the meat. Excuse me, what would you serve up with my husband's ass cheeks? <laughs> I would like to know if the vegetables were purchased during the day because it would be premeditated and she knew she was going to serve this big meal up or if she had done the shopping after she'd killed him. I feel like I'm if sorry, she went home... I feel home, like this whole thing's premeditated. <laughs> if she went and watched TV, like, had a shower, she made, had no, she made place cards. Yes. She made place okay. cards. Yeah. This, yeah. There's, there's nothing... That's premeditated. There's nothing spur of the moment in this, I don't feel. <laughs> I, I must say... No. It, you know, if, if you get your dream job, it's a really good work-life balance if you can do what you do at work at home. At home. 
just maybe not in this context. Anyway, so um, there was, in fact, a third meal, and this is why I was wondering about the, the quality of the meal. There was a third meal thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons. However, it's speculated that Knight had attempted to eat it but could not. So, so everyone else is speculating about that. Trial by wine, 100% supports that and, and actually makes that fact. I feel like she's gone, I'm going to have a so little snack not... on this. This beetroot is So she's disgusting. not Hannibal Lecter. She's this not beetroot, actually cannibal. The beetroot is not good. I, I can't eat this. It's left a can't bad bring taste myself. in her mouth. That zucchini is just not okay. Yeah. Um, so, but, so it was a different meal, a different prepared meal. That so she nice. threw outside, or she did three. Out. She did served up three plates. One of them ended oh, up on the back lawn. Oh, three serves of the same thing. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. She didn't. She didn't make three different cuisines. <laughs> I've got the ass cheeks no. over here. I've got a. I've got a rack of of uh, thigh going on over well, here. No, no. I've got no, no. But to, but to your point tits, earlier, Schmitty. Bitch tits supreme. <laughs> To your point earlier, Schmitty, Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. No, the no, no. Not to my point. I never really? asked about where his head was. Uh, yeah, she's making a soup. Oh, the stew. This, do you call that yeah. a stew or do you call it brawn? Because, you know, you know, when you boil oh. up a pig's head and it's I brawn. call it a fucking crime. Like a... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have I don't want to have names for this meal. It's it's wrong, right? Don't don't ask me what I call it. So Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was still warm, estimated to be at 40 to 50 degrees Celsius, indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. Sometime later, Knight arranged the body with the left arm draped over an empty 1.25 litre soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. This was claimed in court to be an act of defilement demonstrating Knight's contempt for Price. Knight had left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of Price, blood-stained and covered with small pieces of flesh. It read, Time got you back, Jonathan, for wrapping, and then um, editor's note, raping, my doubter, in editor's note, daughter, you to Beck, in brackets, Price's daughter, for Ross, for little John, his son, now play with little John's dick, John Price. Yeah, okay. the accusations of the note were found to be groundless. And also so, misspelled. let's chat a little bit about the trial. I feel like we've spent such a lot of time getting to this point that now that we're here, I mean... The police, everyone must be so traumatised by finding that. Oh, my God. And this is like a movie. It doesn't even seem real. Oh, we'll, we'll get to the movie bit. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So let's Someone's go to the trial. Got there so, before you, Carla. So did she, she didn't die. So she's, a, she, oh, I No, no, no. So she's she alive and well. She's alive she's and well running around somewhere in Aberdeen because apparently the police don't no, arrest no one reported like it. this. But, <laughs> yeah. There must Sorry, be no police force in Aberdeen. Jesus. Anyway, oh, so, no. so let's get to the trial. So Knight's initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected. 
Because clearly you are worse <laughs> than man. I accidentally killed him 37 times. Yeah, I yeah. accidentally and, and stabbed then, him 37 times. And cut his head and off and skinned him. him and tried to feed him to the children. Mm. Oh, my God. It was manslaughter. Yeah, oh, that is vile. She was arraigned on two... She was arraigned on the 2nd of March 2001 on the charge of murdering Price, to which she entered a plea of not guilty. Like, fuck me. Her trial was initially fixed for the 23rd of July 2001, but it was adjourned due to her counsel's illness, and it was refixed for the 15th of October 2001. When the trial commenced, Justice Barry O'Keefe offered the 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence, which five accepted. The others were all clearly fucked up people like us who like crime too much. Fascinated. They were like, we can see anything. That's okay. Oh. Keep bringing it. Just could, give me a I spew could... bucket. I'll be fine. Or just let me drink wine oh. in the jury box and I'll be okay as well. So anyway, um, when the jury, sorry, start again. When the witness list was read out, the prospects, I'm struggling now. <clears throat> We're nearly there though. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can do it. When the witness list was read out to the prospects, several more also dropped out after the jury was impaneled. I don't even know what impaneled means. I brought Can... in onto the panel of the jury. Is that what it means? Yes. There you go. That's what impaneled lucky, means. Lucky one of us. Lucky our ghost writer knows what, what that means. Go on. Hey, Stuart is the best for that stuff. Knight's, <laughs> Knight's attorneys then spoke to the judge who adjourned to the following day. The next bit starts off with the next morning, but given I've had a few wines, I'd like it to be next morning. Knight changed her <laughs> plea to guilty. Too much? No, no, it's fine. Yeah. Made me laugh. No. Go on. <laughs> next morning. Next morning. Next morning. Knight changed her plea to guilty and the jury was dismissed. It was then made public that Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. He had adjourned the Johnny trial. Anyway. Yes, Justice Johnny O'Keefe. Sing <laughs> shout. Johnny O'Keefe, yep. <laughs> you do have to adjourned find the, the humour yep. in things that aren't horrific. It's very disturbing. This is a very disturbing story. Anyway, keep going. He had adjourned the trial and then ordered a psychiatric assessment overnight to determine if Knight understood the consequences of a guilty plea and was fit to make such a plea. Knight's legal team had planned to defend Knight by claiming amnesia and dissociation, a claim supported by most psychiatrists, although they did not consider her sane. The psychiatrist so conducted the... Disorder. Dissociative disorder. So she has like I'm, a mental I, I don't mean that at all. I mean... That's what she's saying? That's by what they're, claiming that's what amnesia they're and for? dissociation, you mean that. Well, well, I don't... I'm not an expert in that, but I can... Um, I've watched a lot of crime television. and drink wine. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they claim that. Well, Moving on. 
So, all of that aside, two psychiatrists concluded that Knight suffered from borderline personality disorder. Like, fuck. Borderline? Well, she's got a... It's a borderline personality anyway. Borderline Hannibal Lecter but she's disorder. Definitely 100% magic <laughs> pussy disorder is what she's got. Correct. Not so magic, fraudulently magic pussy disorder. Oh, the pussy's great. The rest of her, disaster. Her anyway. pussy's a fucking dragon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> anyway, no reason has ever been given for the guilty plea. And despite giving it, Knight still refused to accept responsibility for her actions. At the sentencing hearing, Knight's lawyers requested that she be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts. Anyway, the application was, was refused. So, so clearly this uh, didn't take place in Aberdeen where they just don't give a fuck what you do to your partner. <laughs> Stabbing's fine. Yeah. So I'm not sure who Timothy Lyons is, but anyway. Mm. Anyway, when he took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Knight became hysterical and had to be sedated. Goodness, this um, this story has got us onto our <sighs> third bottle. This is how traumatised I am by this. Anyway. For all of you at home listening to this story whilst you're driving yourself to work, you're all fucked. Like, seriously, <laughs> stop listening. It's terrible. So, on the 8th of November, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and Knight's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sentenced her to life imprisonment refused to fix a non-parole period and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released, the first time this had been imposed on a woman in Australian history. Sounds appropriate. In June 2006, Knight appealed the life sentence, claiming that a penalty of life in prison without possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. Justices Peter McClellan, Michael Adams and Megan Latham dismissed the appeal in New South Wales Court of a Criminal Appeal in September with Justice McClellan writing in his judgment, this was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilised society. And that, my friends, is where the story ends, apart from your ramblings. Ramble. Where do you start? Ramble away. So, is he? Is my understanding that Catherine Knight is still alive? Is she still in prison? She is still oh, alive. She's alive. Yes. She's and, it, still alive. and in fact, oh. in 2016, you asked this question oh. earlier. There was um, talk of a movie. Oh yes, I did ask that. Yes. Yes, so so there is um, there were rights to a movie um, that were purchased, and I haven't seen it yet. I haven't even heard of it being released yet, but I I'm not even sure if I can wait for it to be released yet. It's a little bit of um, Basic Instinct, Fatal Attraction, and um, Eat My Husband's Ass. Well, maybe not Eat My Husband's Ass, but. Um, 
What's that other one that we love? Signs of the Lambs. Incidentally, for those who were listening last time, Jackie does not shut up. So, yes, lambs can be quite noisy. Jackie Lambie. Jackie Mm. Lambie, exactly. I'm a bit speechless now that we've got to the end. It's sort of, well, it's quite exhausting, frankly. She's done an awful lot of terrible stuff to the point where I just, my brain doesn't quite know how to process that. I mean... I, you know, I couldn't thing. get my head around. Yes, abuse and stabbing people and losing your cool and being a fucking crazy bitch who stabs people and still manages to sort of get them back, whatever else. But then the last part, the the skinning him, the serving up the meal, all of that, the decapitating, that is beyond next level. Do you know what I mean? I, you could imagine that she was heading down a terrible trajectory where she was going to murder one of her partners. That, I think, from the outset felt like where we were headed. Not to cannibal land. Beheaded. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that I, is I the guess worst that's to name. me at what point. That is, excuse me, sorry, Paul, but that is the worst name of a fantasy ride family park I've ever heard. Cannibal land. You've got SeaWorld, <laughs> you've got, you know, Hollywood on the, on the Gold Coast. Cannibal land has got to be the worst. <laughs> I've ever heard. Just saying. Great pickup. It's. I, I feel like entry should be free to Cannibal Land. Oh my God! You should. You, you may not. should pay you to go to Cannibal Land. Exactly. <laughs> Do not pay to come. To... With with all That's due respect, which I know when you say that you don't mean to respect people at all, but it feels like this story belongs in a basement or a dungeon in Germany. Or in, I don't know, Belgium, where you hear about stories where men took other willing participants and, you know, skinned them. I just don't think, you know, the Hunter region in New South Wales is where I was expecting there would be a woman who was going to do this. I'm really thrown. But, 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 Carla, this is, I was trying to say earlier, is this is not really a cannibalism story. That's what the um, press have made made it out to be. She couldn't yeah. eat the food, and I don't believe the children ate the food either. Ate the, yes, the you're food. quite right. This was a desecration yeah, no. story. I, I, in in the story that you're talking about with I, the Germans, that was a I know of one there where there's that, a contract. Right. That was a contract yes. where one person yep. wanted to be eaten and another person wanted to eat a person. So it's it's a bit different. Anyway, you are right. I just it don't think I was expecting to, to take this turn at the end. I thought. He would mutilate somebody, but I didn't think that she would then go to. It's excessively well, violent. I, 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 it's excessively violent. It's, yes, it's yeah. very disrespectful of a, of and a that, body. And that's why I couldn't give you the headline. Especially a person you've had children right? with. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. I still. Oh. But I, I think. Um, but I mean, I, the, I, the story would, would be more familiar if someone's name was Clarice and there was a Doctor Chilton. I feel like then I could relate to it more because I'd seen that in the early 90s. Mm, mm. And someone had really good olfactory no. senses. Mm, mm. <laughs> and um, there was some Chianti and fava beans. Anyway, it's... I should have not I should have drunk a Chianti tonight for that very reason. If you should have Opportunity done. Opportunity mixed. In terms of her skill set that she acquired at the abattoir, 
I would assume that her boning Bob. is, yeah, would be quite a departure from skinning. I would have thought they were two very separate skill sets because I well, don't no, you would have to skin. When you're skinning somebody, no, so you're trying to keep it intact, first, aren't you? Yeah. No, at, at an abattoir, you skin first oh. because the skins actually, they sell the skins separately because they have a value themselves. Yes. And then you and go to boning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, that's not... and, and if you've got a magic pussy, maybe boning is really easy. Because no, that means you need a magic penis for well, boning. No, she's got the magic pussy. She can just get boned or bone or I don't know no, how it works. boning is a male thing. Sort of boning and shunting. Yes. Boning. Yeah, yeah. And cardinals. So. And good chat. Then um, so, good anyway. Chat, but what about sentencing? Um, are you going to sentence her? What's her crime? What are we going to do? Exactly. Going back to this is what, we, by what we are here for. And, and which. Mm -hmm. Your challenge is to nominate the, um, the crime you want to call out, because there's been a few of them. And then explore the sentence. I've had some time to think about this while you've been chatting. Oh, I'm glad. And I think, I think that our friend Catherine should have small but very, you know, coming from sensitive areas of her body, skin flaying on a regular basis. That's right, Kat, Carla. It will hurt. Oh, that just right, sent Carla. a chill down my spine. <laughs> That's the point. Well, she skins someone. I think she should be slowly flayed, which means that she will not be fully skinned like him because it's a desecration of her corporeal person because she had no respect for lots of people. I know it's harsh, but I think it's fair. She doesn't have to eat her own skin. I'm not asking her to do that. I'm just saying a little bit of flaying here and there. A little fillet fillet. She couldn't even eat her husband's skin. She's not going to eat her own. Well, maybe that is. Maybe that's the next level. Mm. Mind you, she could probably, you know. Anyway. Removing their fillet. <laughs> ass cheeks, Stuart, would you like to weigh in on her ass cheeks should be removed, cooked up in a slow cooker for eight he, hours? He would. So I'm asking you ask some questions. <laughs> when you say fillet, I'm really Not concerned fillet. that flay. Oh, perhaps flay. you need to, if you want to fillet, you just want to make some. You're hearing a different word is what she's saying. Oh, no, right. flay. Not fillet, flay. So when you flay skin, you, you're basically just taking the um, epidermis off, and you're leaving. You are still leaving right, uh, yo. flesh, but you're removing multiple layers of epidermis. Yes. It, it's right. not a not a fillet o husband. It's a <laughs> flay o skin. Fillet o ass cheek, ass right. ass cheek. Yeah, it's a little bit of, but it, and it doesn't have to be, Carla, you look very upset. It doesn't have to be a lot. It'll still sting. Like, it'll sting, right? I'm not upset. So you can just take a little bit, a little tiny, little, tiny little sliver, maybe once a week. Once, once a week. Because it stings. Carla, it's open for infection. I 100% understand <laughs> what you're about to well, say, and I support you with that. <laughs> 
But it is a disturbing story. Thanks for the clarification, Schmitty. Oh, gosh. I I don't know what to say. Honestly, I'm just so disturbed by the fact that that... And all the failings along the way to protect the people who were assaulted and, you know, attempted murder all the way along with her. She, you know, slashing someone's face. Why wasn't the woman in prison a long time ago? Taking a child um, as a hostage. It's so screwed up. I just don't know. My head is literally full of terror. And I'm not very good with that. So I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So I would, I'm with you and I would like to to explore the crimes, not that Catherine committed at the end because they're, they're just horrific and I, I don't even want to talk about them anymore but yeah, i think yeah. that um i don't want to touch on there's, that, there's there's crimes on the aberdeen police station who maybe missed some of the obvious mm. signs of i'm going to become a hannibal lecter um you know l- let's explore some of those a little bit because i don't i, I i'm done with the I don't want to eat that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think that, that all of that initial stuff and it's all the initial things that she did were so... Especially the, the one where she had the slashed woman's face in the car. Really? Really? And then That's she was the one that the... got you? Not the put her own child on a train tracks? Oh, I forgot about that, to mm. be fair. I actually oh, forgot Schmitty. about that. <laughs> That's okay. So that was what started. Schmitty, you oh, that was the first one. Schmitty. That's okay. the one that I was pretty upset by. Melissa and on the tracks. Oh, and it actually and if it were for old Ted, if it were for old Ted, that little kid would have been cut in half. Oh, like, don't don't let her don't let her knock you off your train of thought. She was fucking struggling with the rake earlier. So, you know, I blame old Ted. Do you know what? If old Ted hadn't have found Melissa Ann, she might have had to go to prison straight up. That might have been the only thing that would have got the the proper attention to give her to be sentenced to a crime because although she was allowed to walk around town with an axe, she was allowed to take somebody hostage and slash their face, take another child hostage. I mean, that's all the initial stuff and that she was still able to get away with it. So maybe old Ted is our problem. I feel like, um, oh, like, like there's so much wrong. I, like, first husband, second husband, partner, whatever. Like, all along the way, you, you would all kind of go, this woman's fucked. Like, stay away from her. She's not okay. She's a little bit messed up. But this, this is kind of why I love this story because we, we hear about domestic violence from the male to the female point of view all the time and we've almost become desensitized to it but when you flip it then you go well fuck we wouldn't tolerate this so so why why are we challenged so much about this but not so much about all the other ones and and so let's let's enjoy and explore that conversation because you know that there's there's so much real here and slipped under the radar as these cases do often, but we're back on track now, I think. I um, (laughs) have been on here so long that we're now going to, um, we're going out for dinner soon. So I, um, so you got to, you two got to determine some form of sentencing and then you may leave. 
I can't. I can't. I'm. What am I? Who am I going to sentence? I can't do it, Schmitty. This is the, my weakness. I struggle with this bit. I want. I want um, Catherine to be. I want Catherine to get a role in the show. I'm a cannibal. Get me out of here. And just see whether she makes it to the <laughs> end or not. All right, Carla. Uh, I haven't got well, maybe not. I maybe not Catherine. Maybe not Catherine. Maybe, maybe some kind of, some kind of, I don't know, uh, counselling for people. For the, for the early on, I think yes. Retrospectively, maybe. to say, you know, yeah. you, you. I just think the warning signs were there all the way through, and to have got to oh, the conclusion that we yes. came to. I mean, maybe even people. Maybe no even people who run abattoirs shouldn't be giving people knives. And when your star well, player says, I've put correct. them above my bed, it's a warning sign. Yeah. Don't you think that if the, <laughs> the sign. I presume it would be the local police force and or the mental health um, practitioners had have been more on top of what she was doing to the earlier partners. Yeah. Look, I think there, there is. Been, it just wasn't didn't seem to be taken seriously enough. In I, I just, look, I know. But in fairness to those people, there were not computer systems at the time. You know, there weren't, yeah. there wasn't, um, you know, national databases about this behaviour. Uh, there were, I, I, I still think that there would have been people who weren't reporting stuff because of the stigma associated, whether Paul agrees with me or not. I think you're totally right. And I don't think people even really saw, they would be thinking why. How know, could you be bullied by a woman? woman yeah. How could you yeah, allow yeah. a woman to treat you like that? Just smack her into the corner. So, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's a difficult one to sentence. I don't actually think that Catherine has really paid enough for her crime. Um, no. and that, um, I'm playing her every day, so I that's think, okay. I'll sort that out later. <laughs> I think she... Um, I, I, I'm happy with the never-to-be-released bit, but I do want her to be a feature on the um, reality TV show I'm a Cannibal, Get Me Out of Here. I feel oh, like if we had a, you show, know, what are they fed? Are they fed? Are they fed non like tofu? Are they fed tofu? And that's why they need to get out of there. Totally no, vegan. no, 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 totally no. No, there's ten cannibals in my head. There's ten cannibals on an island, and they all want to get out of there because other, oh. otherwise they'll get. Oh, they're eaten. being fed to cannibals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's no, there's fine. ten cannibals. They're not okay. being fed. That's to, very good. It's survival of the fittest. So, no, but at any point, exactly, at any point, a cannibal who might be stronger or better than you could kill you and eat you. Yep, got it. Yeah, is that what you're thinking? 100%. Bring it on. And, it's and like the winner goes back to jail because they're a fucking cannibal. The hunger is for cannibal. long pig. <laughs> the not so hunger games. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not very hungry having discussed this, but. Those people who like long pig are hungry for your long pig, and it's all good. What is this long pig reference? Is that it's what you call what like a It's what cannibals human? call humans because apparently we taste like pigs. And I heard we're you long, earlier, long like pig because we're I tall. Thought, you did say that long pig. I yeah, didn't I make it up. That, I, I didn't thought... make it up. You can Google that after this. Yeah. No, 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 no. I believe you, but I did hear you say it, and I thought, does that mean? And then I was going to ask, but you were sort of yeah. in the middle of something, and then I just <laughs> heard it again. Then long pig. 
I think oh, I'm, a, I'm a cannibal. Get me out of here. You, you, could, you could never be cannibal if you're Jewish because you don't eat pig, do you? Oh, Is that true? The worst. We eat everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Because well, I, yes, I heard um, Tim. Yeah. Quite partial, I heard from a, 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 quite partial to ham and um, bacon. Oh, you're right. You're correct. We're just I not doing the right thing. I love ham. We don't keep kosher. I, I had a... Um, I heard from a reputable was... source named Tim Minchin that um, his song for peace in the Middle East was, and if you don't eat pig and we don't eat, eat pig, pig, let's not eat pig, pig together. together. <laughs> Which I think is perfect. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, yes, I think Also that, uh... not a good song for... I think also not a good song for a peace in a cannibal society. If you don't eat human and we no, don't, don't eat human, human let's not eat human, human together. together. <laughs> right. So oh. to finalise our sentencing, I think we've agreed that Paul's nailed it with the I'm a cannibal, get me out of here concept. Absolutely. And, uh, he who is not eaten is the victor and just goes back to jail and gets flayed, by the way, every day. <laughs> and uh, yes. on that note, great case, Paul. Uh, well done, Paul. Brilliant job. And, Glad you um, enjoyed it. We did enjoy it a great deal. And, um, it's a bit queasy. A bit queasy, yes. A little bit For those of you who are looking for a, a quickie, parts. I'm sorry it took uh, so long. Okay. So, guys, fantastic show. Carla's got to go. Uh, thanks very much, Paul. Thanks, Carla, Swanee. Uh, we'll Great hope... research. Well done, Paul. Yep. Thanks to everyone who's you still listening at this point in time. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll see you again next week. All right. Bye, all. Miss Bye. you already. Yeah. Bye. Miss you already. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.